Hi there, welcome to episode 83 of the LDS study session with your host Matthew Roberts. Today we want, we're going to go into our Come Follow Me study for the week. Uh, this is the week of August 19th to August 25th, 1 Corinthians 1-7, to be perfectly joined together. Um, and we're going to be looking today at the section of the members of Christ Church are united, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 10-17 and chapter 3, verses 1-11. to A lot to unpick here on a very important principle. But before we do so, um, what I thought was interesting, if we look closely at the study uh, for this week, uh, in chapter 5 in particular, uh, we find that actually this is not the 1 Corinthians or Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 5.9, I wrote unto you in an, in an epistle not to company with fornicators. So uh, it transpires that this indeed is not uh, the first epistle of Paul to the Corinthians, as is stated in, in the uh, chapter heading, uh, that rather this is possibly the 2nd Corinthians letter, and therefore 2nd Corinthians should be 3rd Corinthians, um, which, you know, obviously, you know, it doesn't matter. We can still refer of this to the 1st Corinthians, but... What would be interesting is, say, you know, the, the, the record of Paul's other epistle to the Corinthians, which predates this one, uh, if, if that was found, you know, what, what, what would happen there? It does kind of uh, draw up the question to those people that believe that the Bible is, the as we have it, is all of God's word and nothing else is to be revealed. You know, if we do find this record, which is from Paul, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's written it by his hand, and, and it's in a similar form to the other Corinthians epistles, and for a similar purpose, would that not be accepted? Uh, is it a closed canon, as it were? Uh, I just think that's interesting, that. But anyway, uh, let's have a look at the actual focus today. Um, yeah, it, it really is a very clear message that we're looking at here about the members of Christ Church being united and there is a lot of uh, things we can pick out from the scriptures that are shared, but also some other verses which the Come Follow Me Manual states uh, to have a look at as well. We pick up in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where Paul says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye, perfectly, that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Um, and then he carries on in verse 11, For it hath been declared unto me of you by my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. So right from the start, Paul is kind of putting out quite clearly here his reason for writing this epistle to, to the people in Corinth, that there is uh, disputations, that there are contentions among them. And now, as we know uh, from many scriptures we've read, including 3 Nephi eleven twenty nine, uh, contention is of the devil, is not of God. And so this was obviously a source of worrying concern uh, for Paul, hence why he wrote this epistle. Um, and it's a very important point that he's um, bringing here, that um, they need to be perfectly joined together in the same mind. Now, obviously, you know, that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. I'm sure that those listening may well uh, know of someone they've had a disputation with or a disagreement with uh, in, in their church or in their ward. Uh, however, uh, Elder Delbert L. Stapley said this, quote, We are here to help each other progress, to inspire one another unto love and good works, and not just to sit in judgment. Our responsibility is to give encouragement to those who are inactive and erring. We have a duty to see that there is no iniquity in the church, neither hardness with each other, neither lying, backbiting, nor evil speaking, close quote. I always find it difficult, you know, uh, and sometimes it's with my own family when, you know, something is said of someone else, and I just, I just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, you know, we all have our difficulties, we all have our 
down downcomings or our, the ways we fall short. Uh, and you know we are we are not in the position to judge. And it's interesting that this message has come up again because it came up at the end of Paul's epistle to the Romans. Uh, you know, it's a very 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 deja vu experience. This talking about this principle, uh, but obviously it was something which was on Paul's mind, not just in Corinth but in Rome as well. Um, something which was an important thing that the uh, the saints had to work with. The issue here, though, uh, Paul highlights in chapter three. Uh, because he then says about how this disputation or this, these contentions that are happening are actually pulling them back, as Elder Stapley suggested in how we are here to help each other progress, not to sit in judgment with each other. Uh, in chapter 3, uh, verses 1 uh, to 3, uh, it says this, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and, on, and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet are ye now able. For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Paul is teaching here that because of these disputations, because of these arguments, because of these contentions within the people, he cannot talk to them as, as the more to the more spiritual matters. He can't give them the meat of the gospel, as it were. He has to stick with the milk for now, because... They just can't cope with it. They can't handle it. They are still working on just being pleasant and kind and unified with each other. And I think that obviously we look at these verses and think, oh, well, you know, they were foolish, weren't they? And then we look at ourselves and think, well, we're doing much better. But, you know, I think we need to just have a sit back and think about the people that we come into contact with, interact with in our wards. And to be honest, it's not just members of the church, but anyone else that we work with or meet with or speak with who is you know, another child of God, which is, of course, anyone, uh, and make sure that we are not, you know, falling into that trap, because it, I'm sure it can be very easy to do so. As he continues through this chapter three, he talks then about not only is it stopping their progress, but it's impeding the progress of the church. Uh, he says in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. You know, and then he goes further on to talk about how the foundation is of Christ, and then they need to do their work to build upon the kind of the foundation that has been started in that in that place. But the problem is, is that obviously if they are contending with each other and disputing with each other, they're not going to continue building. I also liked the phrase, <laughs> the use of the phrase master builder, because uh, I read this with our son yesterday, and well, well, in our family for our come follow me session, we had the, we got the Lego out and we were building. Um, with the blocks, uh, a house, talking about the house of faith, uh, linking this in. And uh, I read the phrase, a wise master builder, and my son just looked up in like awe, like, oh, a master builder. Because, of course, for those of you that have seen the Lego movie will know that that is quite a key theme uh, in that film. So uh, that's quite, uh, quite funny. I think um, we, we can look further beyond the New Testament, though, to look at uh, kind of invitations for all of, you know, people who want to follow Christ to be unified and to look forward with one vision in their mind. Uh, in Mosiah 18.21, for example, the people of uh, Alma were first baptised. And we read here, And he commanded them that there should be no contention one with another, for they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another. Uh, you know, a really important uh, verse we can learn a lot from. I love actually uh, a 
link to Matthew chapter 6, 22, uh, where it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Um, the fact is, is that he talks about the different parts of the church being different body parts. And, you know, if the eye is single, if, if that focus of that body is toward Christ, then the whole body will be full of light. And so how important is it that we are all part of that um, process of looking toward Christ? And really, once we have that unity, we'll start to show that love. In October 1992, um, Elder C. X. Sorry, C. Max uh, Caldwell uh, said this about this love that is kind of fostered through this unity. He says, quote, Charity is not just a precept or a principle, nor is it just a word to describe actions or attitudes. Rather, it is an internal condition that must be developed and experienced in order to be understood. We are possessors of charity when it is part of our nature. People who have charity have a love for the Saviour, have received of his love, and love others as he does, close quote. And I think that as we keep our covenants after baptism, we renew our covenants through the sacrament, um, we are expected to be trying to build that love. Now, we won't be perfect at it, and we won't you know, get it to the point that the Saviour had uh, in this life, but we are expected to work on it and to kind of develop that. And that is why the commandment of being unified and being one with each other in, in, God, in Christ's uh, church is so important. It's not just that we can be nice to each other and not upset each other, but it's got far more deeper spiritual applications as well, not just for ourselves in our own progression, but in the progression of the church as well, as Paul stated there. Uh, there are other examples that we have, you know, where we see the people of the Nephites when they, uh, once Christ left them, where they had reached that uh, position and they saw great peace and prosperity. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the study session today, and if there's anything that you've studied that you'd love to share with me, please do so at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. Until we meet again.